1: Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 113. Nice. Well, I like a
0: 13.
1: You like a 13? I do like a 13. Unlucky for some. Not for me. No, my family always talked about... A uh, 13's a very lucky number for yeah, us. Very good. Uh, so that's of interest to all the people who listen yeah, to this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just going, what the hell are you talking about? But, ah, ah 13 may curse us. It may bring us wonderful bounties in this episode. It, it certainly shall. Ah, how are you, Nick? I'm alright. Right. That's all you have to say on the all matter. All I have to say on the matter. I like the number 13. Yes, And indeed. I am fine.
0: I feel I've given away too much of myself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is like an insight yeah. into your dating Needs to profile, isn't back, it? I feel. <laughs> I pe- give and I give and I give. <laughs> Some people like to keep the mystery of what they do in the bathroom or their beauty regime. You're just, I said a number I liked. I said too much. <laughs> I said too much. Put the veil back over my face. <laughs> well, wonderful. Any poisonings this week? Hmm. hmm. I don't believe so don't believe so don't believe so has there been an incident at which you were present
0: things happened I feel you're saying this as if there should be I'm a detective if nothing else <laughs> uh, has there been a poisoning I'm unaware of but that's what I so I, I now feel this is some sort of interrogation more than a friendly <laughs> chat that we usually have <laughs> and the big spotlight is going to come out soon
1: <laughs> or a small desk lamp that i pointed you <laughs> in a really dramatic way tell me what they're poisonings
0: uh i'm still going with no change to no a definite change note. to no. there was you there said
1: was... you said at this you just oh your brain is melted you just yeah. said oh i don't believe so in a cryptic way
0: oh right oh <laughs> now change my story Sorry, Governor.
1: You're either a criminal mastermind or you're very, very sleepy.
0: I could be both. You don't know. A sleepy mastermind. The sleepy killer <laughs> who strikes and has a nap.
1: <laughs> it's found at the scene, just leaning against a wall. <laughs> I don't want it to be the deadly if
0: it wasn't so tired all the time. <laughs>
1: You could clean up the body and be like, oh, it's effort. So much work. Well, speaking of changing your story in an effort to hide your crimes and being sleepy while doing strange things, I think it's time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers.
0: Yes, indeed, we shall. There, Thank you very much to everyone who joins us on Patreon. If I have had no new subscribers this week, that's absolutely fine. But do come and join us if you think you are fancying some more murdery, crimey shenanigans. There's lots of stuff going on on Patreon. There's videos going on Patreon, mm. which is quite exciting. We recorded a couple this weekend. Craziness is ensued and it was all very jolly and Mm. desperately amusing
1: we've also got a shout out this week and a promo to play we want to shout out to lovely Mel Howley and her sons Alex and Jack hello they they are big fans of the show they listen all the time they had a bit of a a rough year so far and we just want to send them a massive virtual hug and say we love you we think you're wonderful wonderful listeners never met you but we bet you're
0: very very cool very nice and we shan't poison you this week not this week not this week (laughs) but soon but in a nice way. What poisoning is not done in a nice way.
1: <laughs> well yours is a kind of a sleepy time sleepy, with sleepy, a, sleepy a, a nightcap yeah, and a absolutely. nice cup of cocoa. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> You're the cocoa killer. <laughs> I'm writing this Agatha Christie story as we go. <laughs>
0: to be seen with his wee little wee, little winky hat and his little <laughs> candlestick.
1: <laughs> that is actually terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Be terrifying <laughs> outside your window. Hello. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> cocoa. <laughs>
1: I'm genuinely shook. No. Pouring
0: it through letterboxes.
1: <laughs> We're making a mess. <laughs> and it's not. Drink, it, drink it, drink it. <laughs> we have a little promo for you this week from the wonderful Forgotten Darkness podcast. This podcast is a one man band pouring through a great amount of detail of newspaper clippings, old stories to find the weird and the wonderful stories. So have a listen.
0: A man in Brazil dies from severe burns, maybe from a UFO. In Washington, D.C., Jack the Slasher breaks into a house and barely steals anything, but dumps molasses all over a piano and cuts up curtains and sofas. I'm Andrew Gable, and on Forgotten Darkness, I'll look through old newspapers and other sources to find those lesser-known stories of yesteryear. I look mostly at true crime and unexplained phenomena. So if either of those topics sounds like your sort of thing, check us out. You can find the podcast at ForgottenDarkness.podbean.com or on most podcast apps. That sounds most intriguing. Yes, I yes. should have to give a listen. No, I'm, terrible for a podcast. Sorry. I don't actually listen to podcasts, which is dreadful <laughs> behavior on my part.
1: I listen to them and then make you listen to them, yeah, don't go, I? This one's really good. Listen to this. Well, Nick, are you ready? Uh, yes, I believe so. To drink Cocktails. <laughs> And talk about poison. Or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails.
0: That may well be more preferable. What, the second one? The second one. The second one. You don't know what's coming. (laughs)
1: Oh. Oh, no. Okay, we'll, well, we'll go with the first one. go and go. going to drink some cocktails and talk about poison. Well, hooray, hooray, hooray. Well, we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell. And it will flavor our cocktail of the week. So Nick's story this week in his pick is... Is nutmeg. Nutmeg, a spice. Spice from wherever nutmeg comes from. Nutmegland.
0: What? Nutmeg land.
1: Nutmeg land. <laughs> oh, it's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful tiny island. It's a tiny island next to Lapland, I feel. <laughs> and they just have all, all on the cocoa. Now, we've been talking about cocoa. We've talked about sleepy stuff. Nutmeg normally associated with the creamy, custardy sort of... You you grate it over... a. You do grate it a lot. Over maybe a moussaka, if you want to go uh, save it. I have not made you a cocktail moussaka. Jesus Christ, one day there will be a cocktail (laughs) moussaka. I could make a moussaka and put it in a glass. That's fine.
0: It's got layers. You can see all the layers. It'd be very nice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to surprise each other and go, the cocktail is wine. Here's a sandwich. But nutmeg. Okay, so a lovely fragrant Mm. spice that is grated. But people had thoughts on this. People did have
0: thoughts. Did they not have the same thoughts I had?
1: Oh, did they not? They do not know Normally, you'd
0: think kind of like a, a flip,
1: maybe something oh, egg-based, yes, something
0: eggy. Yeah. There's painkiller. That's sort of the tropical sort of oh, a hefty dusting of nutmeg on the top. I've got something something like slightly different. You will find out why I've gone with this particular direction later on down down the story. But this week, we are having a bumbo. What? What now? More specifically, a milk bumbo. Uh,
1: what's happening? What a bumbo. <laughs> a bumbo. That sounds like a rude version of Columbo.
0: <laughs> what? No, we're having a bumbo. But a milk one. There's different a milk bumbo.
1: There's different varieties? Well, of... apparently so. Oh, okay. Yeah, indeed. Milk. But sometimes things go wrong with milk. So, well,
0: this is, this is very true, which is why I say we could well be drinking poison.
1: Oh, God. We have had a very good run of cocktails of
0: late. That didn't have milk in them. So, yeah, I'm intrigued about how this is going to go. Is this is a very old cocktail. Well, is it a cocktail? It's a very old drink. And there are no particular recipes, either. So I'm having to go a bit on... Gut instinct about quantities and how to make it. Jesus. Could be interesting. We could be drinking a lot more Negronis as that one gets thrown in the bin. <laughs>
1: okay. Should we make some emergency backup Back Negronis?
0: Emergency Negronis.
1: I trust you, Nick. Your instincts and your gut and your palate is usually <laughs> right, but you have hurt me before. I have. And yet I came back for more. So you it's did. really my own, it's, it's your own fault. It's <laughs> your own fault, isn't it? Okay, then. Well, I think it is time for us to uh, walk tentatively towards the poisonous cabinet kitchen, poking our toe in, and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. I'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Well, Nick, the mm. uh, the milk
0: bumbo. The bumbo.
1: Okay. I, I don't know what. To think or feel <laughs> about that name. So it does look milky and milky. creamy and custardy. There's a lot of nutmeg on there's, top there's, of this. There's a
0: hefty, a hefty dusting, oh, Jesus, shall we say. Oh,
1: yeah, it could blind you, the scent yeah. of that. Now, I love a bit of nutmeg, but usually it's meant to be like a kind of a whisper. Well, a whiff of well nutmeg. apparently
0: this is a particular feature of the bumbo, okay. but it is heavy on the nutmeg. Heavy,
1: heavy on heavy, the nutmeg. Heavy, heavy
0: on the nutmeg. Oh my goodness. Now, I don't know if it requires a bit of a stir oh. to get things going. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm inclined to give it a stir because otherwise I think my mind died on the first sip.
1: <laughs> otherwise, it's just nutmeg. Cause yeah. it does. It, I'm not even kidding, people. There's a, a sand bank
0: of okay. nutmeg. But I'm actually going to ask you to lean back behind you oh, or okay. get up and get a, get a spoon. Get a spoon. Get a spoon from the cabinet. Okay, from the cabinet. Bye. Give it a twizzle.
1: Okay, so I'm going to give it a twizzle Yeah, because it does look. It looks like the fucking peaks of the Sahara right now. <laughs> Okay, oh, milky, milky, unctuous. <laughs> uh, okay, i Don't say unctuous
0: That's a terrified way.
1: Well, I don't normally mind that in a drink, but I'm worried because you were worried. Okay, there we go, there we go. Okay, I've stirred it all in. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to do the uh, same, same, Nick, can you, can you, can you can have, have the big spoon, the spoon of justice. But it looks nice. It looks
0: like an eggnog or a flip or
1: something and tasty. And
0: probably here, there's ice in the glass as well. Lots of ice. <laughs> you can hear from the clanking. Okay...
1: Okay. Alright, so time for us to dive in, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Let's give it a go. Let's give it All a go. Right, well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Literally, yeah.
0: That's not unpleasant. That's quite nice. Okay. Well <laughs> oh, thank the good lord. I don't know what I was expecting. That's Ooh. actually very pleasant. No, well Ooh, done. Yeah. well done, Bumbo.
1: Yeah, that is really nice. Oh, I thought it was going to have some awful, heavily citrus combination. I was thinking <laughs> back to the Golden Cadillac. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. No, that tastes like a nice, boozy, creamy, loveliness. Yeah, oh, no, I know. No, yeah. oh, no, really, maybe, really... maybe we're just so relieved. Yeah, I the fear know. was there. Dangerously have a few of those. Yeah. That's not dissimilar to Bailey's, actually. <laughs> it's not, actually. It does mm. have that
0: sort of feel to it. We'll talk will talk a Nick. So, then. yeah, so a bumbo. And I've never come across a bumbo before, but <laughs> oh. you'll see. It does perhaps crop up in the story later. Uh, okay. Okay,
1: is there there a story behind the name? So
0: Behind the name itself, I don't know. Right. So that's where the name itself comes from. But it was developed by pirates. Pirates? Pirates. Ah, people illegally downloading videos.
1: I see, right.
0: (laughs) No, not them. It is a 17th century beverage. So, in the Navy you would have your grog. You know, you'd have your grog if yes. you're on like a naval ship, which is just basically watered down rum. Oh, rum. Great. Rum is, what. yeah, grog is just watered down rum. Oh, is Pyre, it? Yeah, rum. it's just rum I, and water.
1: Now, I thought grog was actually the sort of the remnants of all of the shit.
0: No. Of the drinks. No, it's not. No? So grog, traditional sort of like navy grog, that you would have on ships is basically, yeah, watered down rum. Mm. And you would have it in barrels to give you a bit of fighting courage and things before battle and stuff like that. Yes. Um as was an early version of gin. Well indeed, but pirates they think they, we don't want that. We don't want watered down rum. <laughs> no, they none want them, none need the of that. Finest so the pirates come along and they get the rum and they create bumbo okay. out of this, which is rum, still got a bit of water in there, but they chuck some cinnamon in there, Mm-mm. they chuck a load of nutmeg in there, Mm-mm. and occasionally chuck a bit of citrus. Oh. In there as well to make themselves a lovely, lovely piratey cocktail. Okay, nice. <laughs> now this thing catches on, and when it reaches back to to the mainland and things like that, it becomes massively popular, and people start creating their own versions. One of which is the milk bumbo. Okay, that we have that we have here. Now this wasn't a piratey drink because milk on ships doesn't really work doesn't last not so much uh, not so much but on unless
1: land, they have brought on the pirate cow <laughs> this is true feared the across py- <laughs> the oceans
0: <laughs> peg like daisy um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she had a hell of a time but she was fierce with
0: a saber <laughs> but yeah so this is where we get the milk bumbo from so it is yeah rum a cinnamon syrup so sugar and cinnamon mm. nutmeg milk shaky shaky shake onto rocks Delicious. And it actually
1: works really well. So have you used white rum, dark rum, This spice is dark rum. rum. This is a dark spice.
0: Yeah. No, not a spice rum. This is a dark aged rum. Two ounces of that. Two ounces of milk. An ounce of cinnamon syrup. Shakey, shakey, shakey. Dusty, dusty, dusty.
1: Oh my God. It's delicious. Yeah, it works really well. I really, really like it that. I am really going to knock that back. I would have thought from what you said that... This is sort of the basis of a spice rum, because obviously they're putting spices in the rum. Oh, oh, I don't want to consider that. No, there you go. But maybe so. I've taught you something now, yeah. haven't I? Yeah, I feel like Mel Howley's sons, who are listening to this, just take out the rum, and this is a lovely drink. Absolutely, yeah. Cinnamony, lovely, nut-milky, milky drink. But yeah. obviously put rum in it. Put rum in it. Put, put rum, rum, in, rum it. in it. Boys, drink <laughs> the rum. <laughs> I'm very pleased with the piratey ways Yeah, feel that the, the landlubbers have toned it down with the addition
0: of milk yes indeed for our delicate tummies well I think it's also was because citrus wasn't particularly available in England and stuff like that a lemon was a magical thing Whereas if you're in the tropics, lemons and limes and that sort of stuff, it's like yeah. they're all over the place. But So they needed something else, so they decided on oh, milk. How they decided on milk, I don't know.
1: Well, milk was more readily but it was available. But was more readily available in the
0: fields of England, <laughs> than, England than a lemon tree was. All those retired
1: uh, <laughs> pirate cows had to do something... So, so they yeah. provided the milky goodness. I do love the fact that citrus was such a commodity back in England mm. at different times. You had whole dinner parties based around a pineapple. That is delicious, Nick. I well, think the milk bumbo is a success. It has surprised me. I don't want to say, but we we need to have a bad cocktail soon because yeah. people are living for that moment. <laughs> I really I thought up. this would
0: be it. We would go, Bleh! but no.
1: Doesn't sound like it'll work together, but it does, yeah. people. A surprising success. <laughs> a surprising success for the bumbo. We have our bumbos in hand. That yep. sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It does. It sounds peculiar.
1: Should you put a bumbo by hand? I don't know.
0: <laughs> One for the philosophers, perhaps. <laughs> As we muse, that is a time for a story. It is egg? most certainly the time for a story.
1: Hooray! Now, are we going to Pirateville?
0: We're not going to Pirateville. God damn it! We're not going to Pirateville. We are going to Hythe. What? Hythe? <laughs> <laughs> Which is about 20 miles from here.
1: Yes. <laughs> Americans were going, Hythe? What? What? <laughs> Beautiful seaside
0: town, lovely, lovely place. A good friend of mine lives there. Well, there we go, indeed. So today we have the tale of John Lott, um, a wealthy farmer and butcher who lived on the outskirts of the indeed lovely seaside town of Hythe in Kent during the middle of the 18th century.
1: Nice. Oh, back way back. To the way 1700s.
0: back when, so indeed. So I, I like my way back when stories. You so do. this was one, this was a good one. Buckle now,
1: in for the history people. Yeah,
0: now John is doing well for himself, but he is still a single man. And he's getting on a little bit. I mean he's like in his thirties, he's like ugh, ugh, he's gonna be dead soon. So <laughs> <laughs> and as such he's obviously incapable of looking after himself. So he decides that he needs to get some help around the house. And in seventeen sixty six he takes on a young woman named Susanna, as a general maid housekeeper, someone to keep the place in order while he's out farming and butchering and doing all the things that men do. Yes, only a woman will do. Exactly. Now, over the next couple of years that Susanna is working for John, he becomes rather more enamoured with with Susan until he can't keep it to himself any longer and he asks her to marry him. Aww. She politely declines his very generous offer and goes about her work, but John is not so easily dissuaded. Uh And he asks her again and again. And again, and again, and again, and again.
1: This is within the space of an hour.
0: This is in the space of several months. Oh, okay, right. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't leave the room and go, how about now? How about now? No. This is over a a period of time. And each time Susanna declines, but she's getting increasingly exasperated Mm. um, at this rather unwanted attention. And eventually decides that the position of the house is quite untenable, really. She can't carry on, and she quits. Hmm. And she moves out and goes to live with her sister in Rolvenden. Which oh, Rolvenden sounds like Ashford. Oh yes, of <laughs> the wilds of Rolvenden. During Susanna's stay in Rolvenden, she meets her sister's husband's brother.
1: Right, a chap but called. Is this a riddle.
0: No, no, A sister's <laughs> husband, his brother. It does
1: sound like the start of one of those maths problems. <laughs> yes. You meet your sister's husband's brother on a train, and if it leaves at six a.m.,
0: whose son are you? <laughs> but he is a chap called Benjamin Bus. Okay, good Benjamin names. Bus. Now, Benjamin is a bit of a rogue, really. He survived on his wits, taking any opportunities to earn a bit of cash, not caring too much about the annoyance of legality. Mm. <laughs> Just in the way, inconvenience. He's involved in a bit of smuggling, Smuggling, a bit of selling contraband, Ooh, yes. all those sorts of things. I mean, as many people were, those sort of coastal towns. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Along with any other sort of questionable money making possibilities that happened to come along, he was all for it. But he's also young and good looking and dashing and slightly dangerous. Um, Sounds hot. <laughs> And his sort of devil-may-care attitude to the law and the establishment, Susanna, is quite quite a-taken with with Benjamin. Um, And the pair become very close, going so far as to take a couple of day trips to London together. To London? To London. Together? Scandalous. They become very close. They're practically touching (laughs) noses. They're in the same train carriage. My God. (gasps) Fanning themselves. Oh, my. Now, back in Hythe, Farmer Mm. John... Aww. can't get the beautiful Susanna out of his head. Oh he still hasn't given up hope of wooing his ex-housekeeper. He knows <laughs> he's a lot older than her. He Perhaps he's not attractive as he once was. But he's got cash. Yeah. He's got cash and that's always a good thing. Yeah, exactly. John tracks Susanna down to her sisters in Rolvenden right. and pays her a visit, again repeating his proposal of marriage. Susanna, still much in the no-camp, um, slams the door in his face. What
1: were, so what were his proposal efforts there? Is that he turning up? Okay, I know you've turned me down 15 <laughs> times but I still have a lot of money. Hey, look at this. It's a whole £5 note. <laughs> Will
0: that change yeah. your mind? Probably more money than she would have ever seen in her life. A £5 note at that time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Pretty right. much. Well, farmers aren't poor. Right, indeed. The practicality, isn't it? I can provide a good life yeah. for you, a stable life, a Absolutely. stable income, but no, she has dreams and sexy dreams. Sexy about dreams about smugglers rules. and
0: scoundrels. Um, and who doesn't have sexy dreams about smugglers and scoundrels
1: i think probably john did as well that he was like <laughs> i have no chance with them i'm too <laughs> old now at 33 mm,
0: but john is not put off by this rejection from Susanna. He, he should be i mean no but she's just playing hard to get just playing hard to get he thinks and he returns again and again and again The situation has actually become a bit of a joke in Rolvenden. really. Mm. Uh, It's a bit sad. Here comes John again. Everyone gets a bit of a laugh at this slightly delusional man. But then Benjamin Buss has a cunning plan. (gasps) Oh, no. Here is a great opportunity to make some cash. Um, Mm. John Lott, he's getting on a bit. He's getting (laughs) on a bit. He's not going to be around for much longer, surely. Surely 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 he'll be dead soon. And what's going to happen to all that money if he died? with no one to inherit it. The pirate cows will be (laughs) after. He tells his thoughts to Susanna. Any woman who did marry the old fool would have a very comfortable life Hmm. and stood to inherit a small fortune when John dies and then they would be set for life and could go on to do whatever they wanted. They would have a huge pile of cash underneath them. Benjamin goes on to say that he could give up his roguish lifestyle and they could be together. They could be together forever. Perhaps she could re- she should reconsider his proposal.
1: Always a good sign. Mm. If the bloke says, you do all the work and then I can give up being a total dick, mm. that's all that it requires.
0: Benjamin has Susanna wrapped around his little finger, really. Oh. And despite her initial objections, she soon agrees to go along with Benjamin's plan and mm. she will become Mrs. Lott. The next time Susanna opens the door to John Lott and he made his proposal, she shocked everyone by saying yes. Yes, she would marry him. Now, John is, of course, delighted by this and slightly amazed by this change of heart. Perseverance and stalking had won the day. (laughs) It's what we need to take away from this.
1: Absolutely. 157 no's, but 158 times means yes.
0: Yes. And they'll give up eventually.
1: I bet he just went, what, really? Fuck. Okay. What do I do now? Jesus, I need new clothes. I need to learn how to have sex. (laughs)
0: <laughs> on monday the 15th of august 1768 mm. the couple are married at rolvendon church lovely now the wedding is a very quiet affair <laughs> it's attended by the couple surprisingly um <laughs> susanna's sister and her husband thomas and the ever present benjamin bus
1: is he just like lurking in the background lurking going... <laughs> in the background absolutely very
0: much sort of like the sister's husband's brother sort <laughs> of no one important he's, no. he's just there like a bad usher yeah <laughs> <laughs> After the ceremony, they all moved on to John's house in Hythe to continue the celebrations. And it appears while at the reception in Hythe, Benjamin suddenly becomes very unwell. He becomes very poorly. Now, John is, of course, concerned for his guest and insisted that he go upstairs and lie down until he feels better. And Susanna convinced her husband that she shouldn't leave Benjamin alone while he's poorly. And she spends most of the rest of the afternoon and the evening upstairs with Benjamin rather than with her new husband. What?! Oh, no. Comforting, comforting, comforting. mopping his brow. He's poorly. Oh, it's
1: his wedding night
0: (laughs) and he's downstairs. Entertaining his bride's sister and her husband. Who are
1: sitting there all just like having one (laughs) glass of sherry while the rafters are rattling. (laughs) There's, there's, no, there's no evidence of
0: shenanigans. <laughs>
1: no evidence. Yeah, that just the ceiling is falling in. Oh, he must be having the convulsions. <laughs> oh, poor John. Oh no. <laughs> she is also a, a total bitch, but also got to admire the opportunist in her There, he's up there like I'm going to get on that now. <laughs>
0: As I, we don't know if any such things occurred, she could be there looking after this poorly man. We don't know what happened in the room,
1: looking after his penis.
0: <laughs> the next day, Thomas Bus and his wife, Susanna's sister, leaves and return to Rolvenden. Benjamin is still ailing, of course, can't possibly travel at this time, so he decides that he should probably stay in Hythe and rest until he has fully recovered. Okay. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. That afternoon, while Benjamin and Susanna were alone, he complained that it was all taking far too long. Why wasn't he dead? What? Why wasn't he dead yet? It's been an afternoon. It's been like 24 hours. What's going on? Mm. Why hasn't she inherited the lot? He's very, <laughs> very impatient. Now, yeah, Susanna has been married less than 48 hours at this point And tried to explain that her new husband might last a little bit longer mm. than that. Potentially a little bit longer than a couple of days. And he has to have patience. The yes. plan will come to fruition, but he must have patience. Benjamin wouldn't have any of it. He is not prepared to wait, and he pressed a paper packet into her hand, explaining that it was a little something he had gotten from a rather naive assistant at the apothecary shop. Ooh. He insisted that she get the contents of the package into into her new husband as soon as possible.
1: Okay. Um, <laughs> That's a weird description yeah, as Yeah, well. indeed.
0: <laughs> he, he has to be out of the picture by dinner time. He cannot wait any longer what? than dinner time
1: awful <laughs> but i suppose he's a smuggler so he's used to like he's the, used the to quick games yeah,
0: exactly he's not used to the long game
1: get in and get out yeah no foreplay <laughs>
0: <laughs> when murder is concerned <laughs> i mean thankfully susan has somewhat more sense and she actually throws the mystery packet away uh-huh. well she reasons is, such an obvious and speedy death would certainly raise suspicions. Benjamin has to calm down and wait for the right time. Now at dinner, John is very much alive, thankfully. And Benjamin has also recovered enough to join them downstairs. Um, after they had eaten, John suggested to his new bride that they take a ride out together. Aww. Get some fresh air, talk, all those lovely things. It's all been a bit of a whirlwind, really, so let's just talk, yeah. spend some time together. Oh,
1: I love John! He's a romantic! <laughs> yeah.
0: John and Susan set off and their horses. Benjamin follows behind on his horse. I also <laughs> love the gestures that Nick is doing it's right excellent. now. That's my horsey gesture. The special horsey gesture. Yeah, indeed. I,
1: I really, really hope that John and Susan were riding on the beautiful stallions or, you know, the the, the shire horses yep. that he had to work the land. And Benjamin's on a donkey behind. A bad donkey, a pygmy donkey. And he's just basically, his feet are trailing the ground. He's like, come on, come on, come on.
0: <laughs> now, if John is annoyed by Benjamin's continued presence, he, <laughs> d- he doesn't appear to show it. He doesn't <laughs> let on. And the three of them ride across John's land, stopping at the Shepherd and Crook pub in Burmarsh, where they call for a lovely pint of milk bumbo.
1: Oh, yay! (laughs) Oh, I did not see you working that in. Oh, bloody hell. A milk bumbo. Oh, well, that will will heighten your spirits. No,
0: absolutely. That's lovely. And now, while John attends to the horses outside, the two secret lovers drank about half of their lovely bumbo cocktail, leaving the rest for John. When he eventually returns from his duties, he polishes off the rest of the drink. It's been it's hard work tending those horses. He had a bit of a sweat going, polished off the rest of the drink, remarking that it had a very hot taste to it. Hot, and he had noticed something floating about in the bottom of the bottom of the mug that wasn't quite quite right. Oh, no. Now the landlady of the pub, she was very proud of her bumbo.
1: People came <laughs> from
0: miles around, and she didn't take too kindly to John's <laughs> criticism.
1: I mean you can just dole out that comedy <laughs> nick and, and not have it remarked upon. <laughs> My bumbo is known for miles around. Yeah, yeah. You'll never see a finer <laughs> bumbo.
0: <laughs> yeah, so let's just say she she doesn't take she doesn't take well to this 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 criticism yeah. of her of her cooking ability, of her mixology ability. Indeed. <laughs> and after the group leaves, she and her daughter taste what's left in the bottom of the glass. They think, well something's gone wrong there and they agree something's very Ooh. odd. Indeed. But the big batch that she had made up is perfectly delicious. It's absolutely oh. lovely. So why is this glass so disgusting?
1: Good for her. Yeah. Attentive landlady. Yeah, absolutely. Quality
0: control. Yeah, precisely. She but thinks, it- well, perhaps there was something in the glass that she poured it into, had tainted the flavour or something like that. Yeah. Certainly not the big batch. Obviously, someone putting something in it is the last thing from anyone's mind. She throws the dregs out, yeah. but she doesn't really give it much thought. She no. knows the big batch is fine, so... Fair enough. That's Obviously.
1: the explanation. A doctor at the bar just leans over and goes, yeah. cholera, and it's fine.
0: It's all, it's all good. Now, this sort of unlikely trio continue their ride. When Benjamin and Susanna hold back for a moment, he tells her that he had put poison in half of the drink that John had taken. No. Now, Susanna is fuming at this really reckless behaviour, but she can't say too much because John is just there. Uh- <laughs> just a little bit ahead and they continue their ride and they reach the village of Eastbridge where they once again stop at the local pub now by this time John is beginning to feel a little unwell feel a little bit poorly and he blamed the weird tasting bumbo for his uncomfortable stomach predicament Um, still none the wiser of course that he had been poisoned now to try and settle his stomach he downed two cups of tea um, a glass of brandy and a glass of gin Good, that'll, good... That'll do it. Absolutely. That'll settle the stomach. That'll sort you right out. Not surprisingly, as they are leaving this pub, John is horribly sick everywhere. The group agree that it's time to call this excursion a day. Yeah. Benjamin eventually leaves the newlyweds, saying that he is going to return to Rolvenden. John and Susanna make their way back to the house in Hythe for a little alone time. Uh, but not before stopping off for a couple more brandies on the way. Oh, nice, and Of course, nice, nice. Absolutely.
1: It's our final alone time. She's like, excuse me, well, I have nine brandies? to steal myself up for this oh god oh god oh god love to be alone with you my husband sorry i'm just gonna have these six drinks
0: (laughs) yes very possibly (laughs) but during the night john's symptoms get worse and worse and worse he is violently sick and suffers from stomach pains and diarrhea the first thing the next day so we're now on thursday wedding day plus four Susanna sends for an apothecary to try and find out what is wrong with her husband try and find a cure for her husband also that morning ben Benjamin unexpectedly returns and seems rather annoyed that John is still hanging on in there.
1: Oh, Jesus he's Christ. Like, why is he still alive? Why is he still alive? Yes, I gave him alive. poison. What's going on? He walks in. Why is he still alive? Okay, Benjamin, let me introduce you to all the witnesses who <laughs> yeah. are standing here now.
0: He asks Susanna if she had given her husband any more poison. And she says, no, no. No, I haven't. I had, th- I threw away the last batch you gave me. Yeah. Now, still grumbling, that it's all taking a bit too long. Benjamin leaves. And he goes straight to an apothecary in Folkestone and returns that afternoon with a bottle of mercuric chloride. Oh. Now, also known as corrosive sublimate that we have encountered before, Uh. um, a common and toxic poison that is used to treat syphilis. Yes. But in greater quantities is very, very unpleasant. He again tells her to administer this powder to her husband. She takes the bottle without actually agreeing to anything. And once Mm. Benjamin leaves, she throws it down the privy. I like her. Um, she's and alright. goes back to tend to her still suffering husband.
1: I mean, she's not great. She's not great. She's not great, but she's, I don't know, she's more of an evil genius than this guy <laughs> is, who's awful.
0: Yeah. Benjamin returns on Monday, now we one week after the wedding. But what a very busy week it's been. He arrives professing concern for his dear old friend, John. Susanna knows he's only there to see if she really has administered this extra poison as he had instructed. Mm. When he learns that the second batch of the poison had also been thrown away, he is furious. And storms off, and he's not seen again till the following Friday. So almost like four days without a visit from Benjamin. By the time he does return, John is in a really, really bad way. Mm. He has not got any better over the intervening days, and it doesn't seem like he's going to last much longer. Benjamin stays the night at that house in Hythe, comforting the widow to be. Obviously, uh, <laughs> by the morning, John Lot is dead. Now, we do not know if any more poison had been administered that night. But given Benjamin's rather enthusiastic track record, it seems yeah. possible that something had helped him along that evening. But we don't know for sure.
1: I mean, it does seem that John had suffered for a ver- for quite a long time. Yeah. In the... I don't know. We all know that certain poisons are... Accumulative, emetic, you know, yes. Yeah, they're accumulative. So they've done their job correctly Mm. or the job done the job that Susanna wanted done properly that he is dying slowly over time Benjamin coming in going he needs to die now he dies today
0: but it's still it's been like only just over a week since their initial horse ride out to the to the pub poison in the bumbo
1: whatever they gave them was clearly the correct quantity yeah
0: I would say we don't know if anything additional has been added since that date Susanna has swears not obviously benjamin is all for it if he was on the saturday morning after john's death benjamin makes a very early getaway soon the house is going to be buzzing with activity and it's probably best if he wasn't there so he decides to make himself scarce susanna dutifully reports the unexpected death of her husband but straight away the rumor mill starts grinding locals gossip about benjamin's frequent visit to the home the time he spent alone with Susanna. The very brief time they had been married. How strange. He'd been in perfect health until Susanna arrived on the scene. Also very strange that Benjamin hadn't been seen in a couple of days recently. He yes. was such a, a present fixture at the house. But in the days leading up to his death, nothing at all. Mm. Something suspicious is definitely going on. Take right. Now as rumours about Susanna, Benjamin and John's death spread further and further, apothecaries in Folkestone and Hythe know that both of them had sold benjamin packets of mercuric chloride what on earth could he have needed such a quantity for Mm. Uh, from one or the other would have been reasonable for personal syphilis use but from both It seems like a a lot of poison there. Then the landlady at the Shepherd and Crook, she gets in on the act. She remembers her odd-tasting bumbo after John had (laughs) been. And and just how a little taste had made her daughter very ill that evening. Uh she hadn't put the two together until that point.
1: Don't taste weird shit you find in a glass by the way.
0: <laughs> Just don't. Well, it's weird shit that she had made.
1: Yeah, but then she sees a residue, makes her daughter taste it. <laughs> that's very much that's very much a mother's vibe, isn't it? This milk is off. Here, taste it. So, yes.
0: <laughs> Drink this. Eventually the authorities decide that they have to intervene. If anything to put this gossip to rest for once and for all, and Susanna is brought in for questioning by the High Town Clerk and Mr. Tournay. Hooray. Now, her account is a rambly and contradictory one, really. Um, And Mr. Tornay begins to think that maybe there is actually something to these rumours after all. And he moves Susanna to the custody of the local magistrate, Mr. William Deeds. On the 1st of September, 1768, just two weeks after the wedding, Susanna confessed the full details of what had happened to her husband before her working for him as a maid his obsession with her her leaving and falling madly in love with the roguish benjamin bus Mm. benjamin's evil plan to get his hand on john's cash and then her regretful part in the whole affair she takes great pains to make it clear that she has disposed of the poison Benjamin had given him. She didn't administer anything herself; it had been mm. entirely done by him. God Susanna God. is transferred to Canterbury Jail, <gasps> <laughs> just a stone's throw a from here. Stone's
1: throw—it's still there. It's <laughs> and not... now a pub. <laughs> is
0: it Canterbury Jail? Is the is the pound?
1: Oh, that time yeah. it would have been. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of Canterbury Prison, which no? is now a university. <laughs> Um, again for the learning but yes no oh my god yeah we've
0: sent a many a night drinking westgate
1: <laughs> towers the pound where you can also see macbeth that's coming in the uh, autumn <laughs> oh my god she was in there
0: she would have been held there absolutely the magistrate also issues an arrest warrant for benjamin uh he is quickly rounded up by the parish constable and of course he denies <laughs> absolutely Everything.
1: I like rounding up by the constable. Yeah. <laughs> rounding around the yes. circle. And, uh, come <laughs> come, come here, on, you. Come, come, here, come on. you. <laughs> I'm going to chase you around this lamppost until one of us passes out.
0: <laughs> he hardly knows Susanna, he says. She is his oh. brother's wife's sister three times removed I don't know, I've met her at some point at the wedding
1: that's Jesse's know. brother's mother's sister. yeah exactly
0: I, she was at a Christmas party one time I can't, I can't remember <laughs> I have no idea It's nothing more than that
1: I kissed her behind the bike shed I don't
0: <laughs> but the magistrate has Susanna's very compelling and very detailed confession yeah. about the whole thing wow. and also several witnesses who testify to having seen them together on multiple occasions <laughs> yeah. so knowing his accounts are utter bollocks him riding um, a donkey
1: is a sight to be
0: seen <laughs> yes I mean, plus Plus, his history as a smuggler and general scoundrel don't help his credibility. (laughs) Both Benjamin and Susanna are charged with the murder of John Lott. They are sent then to Maidstone Jail to wait trial at the Kent Assizes. Oh,
1: the big jail. That's the big jail. That's the big jail.
0: Indeed. That's
1: the county town.
0: They spend just under a year in jail waiting for their trial, which is a lot longer than is usual at the time. Usually it's get them in, get them done quickly. But the prosecution keep on delaying the trial due to one of their star witnesses being ill. Right. (laughs) The star witness was the high apothecary, Mr. Grips. Mr. Grips <laughs> who had sworn to selling Benjamin Bus poison but he yeah. was very poorly he couldn't he couldn't give his testimony.
1: Was he taking all of his own drugs? I don't one?
0: know. I don't know. I but, think he was. Well, possibly because Mr. Grips never recovered from his illness. Oh no. And the prosecution was forced to continue without the testimony mm. of the apothecary. The long delay waiting for the trial produces another unexpected event when Susanna gives birth. Ugh. in jail. Oh. Now, she swears blind that the child is her husband, John's, and she insists that she and Benjamin never had any criminal conversation, oh. as it was known of the time. She okay. swears blind that it was not, not Benjamin's, but it was her husband's, John's.
1: Oh, we, we don't think that's right.
0: But we don't. No. We, we don't. We, we don't, don't know. know. Maybe don't she did.
1: Know. Maybe she did.
0: I'm sure she would have known at some point. I'm sure there would have been that expectation at that point that it that his, it happened. His
1: grinning face there yeah. at the bottom of the stairs. Is
0: tonight um, the night? She's like, oh Jesus, I have to do this. And and she, yeah, she swears blind that she had not done anything with Benjamin.
1: Does the timing match up?
0: With with the husband, yeah, or it could be either, really. Okay. It could it could legitimately okay. be either. Yeah. Um, she swears it's it's John's. Everyone else is going really. Is it really? Is it really? One of those things that we will we will never know. Now Benjamin is not having much fun in jail either. While While locked up, his sort of characteristic bravado and swagger quickly leave him yeah. um and he turns into a bit of a gibbering wreck he contracts jail fever Ooh. now known as typhus oh, um, right. <laughs> which is spread by fleas and lice which there are plenty yeah. in in a, in a jail now fearing he is about to die and meet his maker he gives a full confession oh hoping to save his immortal soul okay. at this point the confession tallies with susan's in every detail every detail is identical but then he recovers and promptly retracts the confession <laughs> <laughs> Because he's not going to die after all. They eventually get to trial in Maidstone on the 19th of July, 1769. Susanna is modest and penitent, full of regret for her part in her husband's death. But it it was all Benjamin's idea. He bought the poison. He mixed it into the drink. Yes, she should have tried to stop Benjamin or told her husband what was going on. But she loved Benjamin. She was in love. She was completely under his spell. During the proceedings, the defence arranged for Susanna's baby to to be brought in on a regular basis to allow her to breastfeed the child.
1: Oh, how clever. Which was, Ooh. yeah,
0: which was very out of the ordinary. And it was obviously an attempt to make people feel sympathy <laughs> for this young woman, this young mother and yeah. her innocent, innocent child.
1: Any um, time was a difficult question. Bring yeah. in the bring, baby. Bring in the baby. <laughs> it's already been fed five times. No, babies need milk.
0: Babies need milk.
1: It needs its milk bumble.
0: <laughs> When Benjamin takes a stand, he is the exact opposite. He is described at the time as being impudent and obdurate. (laughs) (laughs) He puts on a great show of being the wrongly accused innocent man in this vile woman's evil schemes Oh, all her she came up with this plan she's trying to pin it on me the innocent innocent man absolutely uh, yeah. he insists that he has been nowhere near John Lott's house from the time he was first taken ill he admits he was there he was poorly yeah. until his death he had never set foot in that house many Not one. many people have seen him all, no, but they all those witnesses they are mistaken or they are lying Oh, they right. are in league with this evil vile woman they are out to get me <laughs> he then introduced another woman who claims who he claims that is his wife that is his wife why would wow. he have gone to such lengths to plan john lott's death if he is already happily married mm. there is no way he can benefit from this why would he do such a thing
1: there's many
0: ways there's that he <laughs> could benefit from it
1: that's bollocks yeah that's, well, the,
0: well the court agree that's
1: like saying i don't need any money because look at this pineapple <laughs> look at this piece of cheese i have mm. i have no need for any more money no like, i have cheese no you can still benefit from all the other money over there no this cheese says differently that makes no sense yeah what?
0: Uh, well the court are equally unconvinced um, by his line of reasoning and they indeed believe that a man with ben benjamin's history yeah. and his reputation is going to lie about anything and go to any length is there is profit in it yeah Both Susanna Lott and Benjamin Buss are found guilty of the murder of John Lott by poisoning. Now, the pair have very different reactions to the sentence. Mm. Susanna seems quietly resigned. She accepts her fate. She's very stoic on the stand. An account from the time reports that her behaviour and lamentations after sentence had been passed would have forced tears to the most obdurate and insensible.
1: Yeah.
0: So she's there, she's giving it all, she's yeah. very sad about what she's done.
1: Giving a good performance.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know, I think she's actually Maybe very... she is very I sad. think she's very sad, I think she I'm feels not, terrible not, about her part in this.
1: I'm, I'm, I'll side with you on that yeah, one.
0: Yeah, I think she is legitimately accepting of what she has done is wrong, and this is going to be her fate. Mm. Benjamin falls to his knees and begs for mercy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less sanguine about the whole affair. Yeah, less dignified. Yeah, indeed. The judge then gives his sentence. Uh, Benjamin Buss is to be hanged um, and his body handed over to the surgeons for dissection. Nice. Susanna Lott is not quite so lucky. Oh. She is to be taken on a cart to her place of execution and they're burnt until she is (gasps) dead. They fucking burn her. Now, at the time of this the murder of a man by his wife is deemed to be petty treason deserving of such a horrific end now if this had happened only a few years before mm. Susanna would have been boiled alive mm. for the mm. same crime but these were more enlightened timed mm. and a, a simple burning would suffice really
1: I, I have thoughts yeah. I have th- I'm not saying she didn't deserve to <laughs> suffer or to, to pay her penance yeah but I have notes
0: <laughs> I will come back to these notes good just two days later, oh, Friday the twenty-first of July, seventeen sixty-nine. Summer. The pair are taken to Pennenden Heath Wait. for execution. Where's Pennendon Heath? Uh, it's um, it's not far from Ashford. Around, oh, oh, it's, it's between Ashford and Maidstone. It's, it's now, I think, it's now a housing estate. Um, okay haunted um, (laughs) haunted housing estate it's it's where there were loads loads of like moots and things and is it what Tyler who did the peasant's revolt assembled all his troops and stuff on Tyler before they marched to London all that sort of stuff so it was a big sort of gathering point and a big execution place Susanna is there wearing the mourning clothes that she had bought for her husband's funeral she had to watch Benjamin die first Now before he dropped on the gallows he gives a long speech admitting his guilt and acknowledging the justice of the sentence oh fuck you Then it is Susanna's turn. Now, although the sentence called for her to be burnt to death, over the years, the executions had developed a slightly more, i say slightly more humane system, Mm. uh, whereby the victim was first strangled, so they would not feel the effects of the flames. So Susanna is tied to a stake and she's standing on a stool and they put a rope around her neck. The stool is kicked away and she is left to suffocate now after 15 minutes or so she is she's either either completely unconscious or dead no one really knows but they start to build the fire around her and once it is lit the flames are so fierce that she is soon reduced to ash but she doesn't if she was alive she doesn't regain consciousness through any of this from that point of view it is relatively merciful i suppose and the, the horror of being burnt alive yeah
1: Strangled or burned alive? Which would you rather? I, I think I know it. which we Yeah, 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 yeah I think I'd two. be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, like, yep, that's fine. Bring it on.
0: Yeah. Now, before her execution, Susanna Lot was unknown outside the few square miles around her home. Mm. But now, Susanna Lot is known as the last woman to be burnt at the stake in England. Oh, really? Ah, ah
1: there we go. It's a poisonous
0: story for you.
1: Da-da-da!
0: There we go.
1: Poison and burning of the steak in one delicious.
0: (laughs) In Kent, just near here.
1: (laughs) That is a great story, Nick. Absolutely brilliant. A cocktail of curiosity we had there. Kent. Burning at the stake, poisoning. It sounds weird when we say these as good things, yeah. but
0: yes. Oh, that is a great story. I was very pleased when I said that because it's 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 so, it's in a book that I'm. Like, <laughs> I like, love what? the way you were gesturing. I've it's in a book. It's, in, it's a book in a book that I've got, but I'd never heard of any of that before. No. Although all my research, like, the past two and a half years of doing this, I'd never come across that story before until it was on like a couple of chapters in a little mm. book. And I thought, this is a story that needs to be told. Yeah. Oh my God. More people should know about this.
1: So I'm thinking Susanna now. She's not high on the bastardometer. No, I'm she's not. She
0: is she is absolutely she's guilty. She's naive. Mm. Incredibly naive.
1: I don't know if she's naive. I d- you can take it two ways. I was thinking this when you were saying it. That you can either have it as she ha- she is naive. She has been taken in by this rogue Mm. this sexy man who's like oh no you know what babe just marry him and it'll be fine and then he's going no murder him murder him like i did not sign up for this i don't want this to happen look if he dies and i inherit that's all fine but i am not part of your Mm. insane scheme that you've just sprung on me the day after we've gotten married that's one way either that or she was like no definitely he the man needs to die but she was more cunning she was like no if you yeah. we do this we will get caught if you try and kill him on the wedding night we will get caught so play the long game and she clearly
0: had a very good story all the way along with the authorities as well. Yeah, I mean, I, and I and I agree with you on that one. He's not entirely innocent of anything. She obviously agreed to the marriage in the first place at Benjamin's yeah. suggestion, knowing that this was the plan. He this man is going to die, she is going to inherit a lot of money yeah. from this, and she was fine with that. Yes. So there was obviously guilt there. As you say, I think she was probably much more I don't know if, much more cunning, but she was much more invested in the long game than Benjamin was. Benjamin as you said in during the episode, yeah. he is used to his quick gains, his quick, yeah. I need cash, I'm going to go and rob someone I've got cash. Yeah. He's not used to playing. This could go on for years, Yeah, this thing. This could be three, I four, five years. Yeah. This is no, I need my cash now. He's the impatient. He's the, the stupid one in this, where she's going, if we let this go, we would have gone away with this. It's a really weird moral question. Yeah. This is a very
1: tenuous moral (laughs) question. I am not saying one side is right or not. I am just putting it out there. But if this guy has persisted, persisted in courting Susanna, I want to marry you. I want to marry you. I am alone. You can marry me. He's making it clear that he is rich and he is wealthy. So if she marries him and doesn't have a great deal of love for him going, okay, you know what? Fair enough. I'll marry you and I'll be your companion and yes, I'll inherit. He has made that very clear from the start. Yeah. That does not justify murder. Well, exactly. I
0: think that's absolutely fine. If but she is, that, good-
1: is that what she was thinking and then this guy on the side is going, come and murder him and she was probably trying to put him off going, you know what? No, no. Leave the old guy alone because I don't, necessarily want to kill him he's 33 he'll die within a year uh, it's weird or yeah. she could have absolutely been going i will have a cunning plan to kill him in time and she has conveniently gone the man is the root mm-hmm. of all of the problems here and he has a bad reputation he has a bad history so i can blame him
0: so, yeah well it, indeed it's a it's a it's a, it's a thinker. we don't know we just don't know especially because the stories are this old there are so yeah. few There are so few records. Everything that we know from this is based on her confession. Yeah. So there are no police reports or no forensics or anything like that. No. So it's all based on her point of view. He was going to be hanged.
1: She's going to be burnt at the stake. Mm. Or maybe at the time she's like, is it boiling? Is it burning? (laughs) She's got it far worse off than he has. And he is raving and crying, going, no, 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 please don't hang me and break my neck instantly. If you have the long drop." Yeah, the disparity between... Mm. Oh, it was a man who committed various crimes to his life. Hang him quickly. The woman, burn, burn her, her, so women won't ever trust us again. Well, at least she was strangled. Well, I mean, That's yeah, not I mean, a good sentence it's, it's, to No, say.
0: absolutely. I mean, it's I say small mercies. I suppose that they had developed this, mm. yeah, slightly if more humane way of dealing with it. I mean, God, I couldn't think of anything worse than that. No, oh I mean, God,
1: choose one or the other. Jesus, mm. poor John. But poor yeah, I mean, John. John. Yeah, John.
0: A lonely man in Hythe, looking for someone to love. A little bit stalky. A little bit stalky. A little bit stalky. Little bit stalky. Little Didn't bit take
1: stalky. no for an answer.
0: Yeah. Should have. Should have. Well, well, we say that now with modern sensibilities. Well, he
1: obviously died and was poisoned, <laughs> so he should have. <laughs> if history has taught us nothing, and if this podcast has taught us nothing, <laughs> is that people, if you ever go back in time and you're trying to pursue someone, don't pursue them too much because you could end up fucking dead from poison.
0: Not sure he deserved that.
1: Morally, you shouldn't do it. But also, <laughs> if you need another bit of motivation, don't because someone might kill you. Two valid can, points. Hammer it home anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what a great story. Well, what do you think, people? This is an interesting one. This is a good debate over your milky bumbo kind <laughs> of conversation. Do we think Susanna was as guilty as they come? Or do you think she was a victim of circumstance? Do you think that John knew what he was getting into was he making too many promises what do we think of benjamin benjamin was he the criminal mastermind behind this or was he just an idiot i'm siding with that one
0: i'm going with that one
1: the terrible fate that met susanna compared to the fate that met benjamin oh it's a good story so tell us what you think jump on the comments of any of the social media channels that you follow where this episode is posted send us messages tell your friends discuss it over a dinner party but if you're having a dinner party very very important make sure you serve a milk
0: bumble. absolutely i was fully prepared for this one to be dreadful So to be sit there and go oh my god that's horrible throw it in the bin make something else but it's actually really good i kind of want another one yeah Absolutely. I can see myself making that.
1: (laughs) Sorry that you're going to say something else. That's it. That's it. I can see myself making it. And you should make one too. Very easy to make and a really nice treat for anyone who likes a a slightly creamier drink a little bit sweeter but it's not overly sweet it's a really nice twist on any of your creamy drinks that you're used to mix one up the recipe will be out tonight on social media and remember to come and join us on patreon if you haven't already for more episodes every single week thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisoner's cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to